Hello, this is Donna Reesh with another episode of Wandering Wednesday, the podcast dedicated to answering your questions about parenting, homeschooling, home management, teaching language arts and writing, and more. This week's Wandering Wednesday episode has to do with spending more time with your kids. I often get asked how we manage to have time with our children, how we manage to find extra time, how we manage to spread our time out among seven children, and so forth. So this podcast episode will be dedicated to answering some of those questions that we often get. This is a timely topic, being that it is a new year. This podcast will actually run the first week of January 2016, and uh, oftentimes in the new year we're making resolutions. Those resolutions are often um, concerning family and uh, family time and so forth. I wanted to break this down into different time periods just so that you could get started early with your littles and then move on into teens and young adults. There's a lot of overlap in my recommendations and suggestions and definitely there isn't just, if it's listed under teens, it doesn't just mean you can do it then. It, obviously you could do it uh, in other times too if it fits with your children's ages and gender and interest and so on and so forth. So there are really a couple of uh, avenues that you can branch off into when you're talking about spending more time with your kids. One has to do with just family time. That is, how can you just uh, devote time to being together as a family, developing family unity and those type of things. And I have a lot of information about that kind of stuff at the blog, um, Character Inc. blog or Raising Kids with Character blog. You can get to it both ways. Um, and a lot of information about developing family times, family unity, and those type of things. And then the other avenue is one-on-one time. And uh, that is how to just be with your kids, spend time with your kids in a one-on-one setting, getting into their hearts, listening to their hearts, and hearing what they have to say, and helping them to grow and mature, helping them in relationships, helping them with decisions, and so forth. Both of these times are important, so those will be interspersed throughout this episode. First of all, I just want to leave you with, or begin with, a thought about how it makes a child feel when you spend time with him. Make your home a center, a center for learning, a center for growing up together, a center for spiritual formation, a center for relationship building, a center for caring, and your kids will know that you want to spend time with them. There is nothing that can stop a child who knows that his parents loved to be with him. And that's what we're going to be about in this episode. How can you spend time with your kids? How can you carve out more time in the busyness of of your schedules and so forth? So let's dig right into the early years. I want to talk a little bit about bedtime and uh, that tucking in time. A lot of times uh, when we don't discipline our children or we don't train them to go to bed when they're told to sit at the table for meals and so on. And I have, we talk about this extensively in our Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar as well as at the blog. But a lot of times when we don't do those things, bedtime begins a, becomes a series of discipline problems. The child won't stay in the bed, just another drink, just another story, and so forth. 
So instead of being able to utilize the bedtime for heart training and for heart affecting and for relationship building and for uh, just showing our children love and compassion and attention, it becomes a discipline time. And so I just want to encourage those of you with small children especially to get a handle on the bedtime, to not let that happen because it is a prime time for uh, heart affecting. And if you start out that way, two and three and four, and it continues that way to where bedtime is a, a battle every night and um, and all you do is correct and threaten, then you're not having this time. We developed a time early on, actually, this was like 28 years ago. So just when we had um, our, even maybe before then, maybe even just when Joshua, our 33-year-old, was one. Um, but we started a time that we called our Malachi time, based on the verse in the Bible uh, that fathers turn the hearts of the fathers to your children and then turn the hearts of the children back to the father. And it's completely out of context, and I know that, that that was talking to the Israelites. But when you consider that verse and the and the wording of it, it is such that you could see how, wow, that would have an effect on parenting. And so I think that it's not so much, it does it, is that what it means, as much as, hmm, could it mean something else or could it affect something else? And it definitely can affect your parenting because in that verse, it talks about fathers turning their hearts to their children. And then the children will turn their hearts to the fathers. And so a couple of things from this. Number one, it has to be a conscious decision. It has to be a conscious decision to do this for a father, a mother, for parents to turn their hearts to their children. Secondly, um, uh, it has to be something that would want them to turn back to us as well. And so we developed this time called Malachi time. It was during daddy's tuck-in time. And uh, he basically began the whole tucking in process. I was always there with them in the mornings, spent time in the mornings. Well, I spent all day with my kids because I homeschooled them. And so I just, I spent so much time. And I never ran around and left them all day and stuff like that. I was with them all the time. Um, And if I did go somewhere, I took one of them with me. And, um, you know, obviously I had my times away, but those were scheduled. It wasn't like I needed to get away because they were driving me crazy because my goal was complete training ongoing, consistent time with my kids all the time. So Malachi time, daddy tucking time was at night, was primarily with daddy. But one of the things that we started was that he would take each child and put each child to bed and just talk to that child for a couple of minutes. And then every night, a different child had a longer Malachi. They called it their long, it's my long Malachi night. It's my long Malachi night. During that time, he would have a longer period of time with that one child. Well, this became such that our kids knew that they had dad that night. And what this causes is that your child knows, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to have this time tonight. I'm going to have this time with daddy and he's going to listen to me. And my kids would even say, well, I'll talk to daddy about it tonight in Malachi. Or I have a long Malachi tonight. Daddy and I could talk about that. And it was just such a special thing that took place. And it began because we had such a good handle on bedtime. It wasn't a fight. It wasn't, we, we trained them and taught them, you potty, you brush your teeth, you get a drink, you come to bed, daddy comes to you, and then you have what we called lights on, where they could listen to audios and read books until 
one side of the tape was over and uh, yeah the tape that was back in the old days one side of the tape was over and then you turned out the light and went to sleep and so um I just want to encourage you I know this isn't a child discipline podcast episode but I just want to encourage you that when you have those things in place much more heart affecting much more heart training much more attention can be given to our child our children next was who has their shoes on never go alone um, we were taught early on from our mentors that, you know, when you hop in the car, mom or dad, grab a child, grab a child and take that child with you and always use that time for talking and Bible stories and listening to things together and discussion and singing and, and training and so forth. So we started a little, um, tradition that, you know, mom or dad would say, I'm running to town or running an errand who has their shoes on. And, well, it wasn't always the child who had the shoes on because otherwise that would only be one child who ran faster than the others or whatever, or had her shoes found or whatever. But it was but it was just this concept that, you know what? They want us to be with them. They want us to go with them and be with them when they run errands, when they go places. They want to spend time with us. And um, it was just so cute because, you know, mismatched socks, mismatched shoes, it didn't matter because, you know, I got my shoes on, I got my shoes on. And uh, that was just another way that we, A, spent time with them, but also that we showed them that we wanted to. Next, I just want to talk about little snatches of time. I have been and still am a recovering um, all or nothing person. And this really has bit me in the behind many, many, many years throughout the many times throughout the years and it still does today in my in my writing in my blogging in my plexus uh ambassador uh, supplement business in everything it it's just it just does because I've always been the kind of person that if I can't do it all I don't want to do it if I can't do it big I don't want to do it if I can't you know all or nothing and uh so in parenting I had to really just get rid of that and I had to tell myself all the time not to do that and so with that, if you're that kind of person, you might be the kind of person like I was to overlook little snatches of time. And so I just want to encourage you to take those little time periods that you might have, take those little snatches of time and use them. Um, this could be uh, kitchen time together. I know with uh, my children, I love to cook. We love to cook together and we always cook together and worked in the kitchen today together and we um, we just talk and just have a great time while we work together in the kitchen. It could be drive times. It could be bedtimes. It could be when somebody is up earlier than the other people in the morning. Um, it could be, you know, date times and so forth. But any little snatches of time to really look at those times. I have a lot at the blog about asking good questions. I have a lot at the blog about how... You get your kids to talk by training them through questioning. And um, so a little snatch of time where you can just ask a question. We always, uh, when our kids come home from something, uh, even our 20-year-old, we say things like, so how was your day? Or how was work? Or did you have fewer patients? Or did you have more patients? Or was it stressful today? Or did anything good happen today? And we just we just ask those questions that let them know that we want to talk, that we want to be with them. Um, and with our kids, with other kids especially, we ask, you know, what happened tonight? You know, had, had, what went on? You know, who was, 
who was there and what did people say to each other? What did you learn about anybody? Um, you know, how did you help somebody? And those kind of things. Next, and this is not necessarily, obviously, not, not any of these are just for a certain period of time, but not just for the early years, but it's date night. Um, we tried to have time with our kids one-on-one. Now, um, when we were had, you know, just a couple of kids, you know, we could spread ourselves out. And I can remember when the third child came along, it was like, whoa, this is hard work. This is really difficult. You know, it was always easier, you know, when we were out and about, he had one, I had one, you know, it was just easy. And then all of a sudden we had a third child. And even though there was a pretty good age span between our first and second, but not between our second and third, we still found, you know, that that just spread us out one person farther than what we had in people power. And so um, we just started to really, as we added to our family, especially with four and five and six, just purposely saying, you know what, we need to spend time with our older kids, not let our little kids take up all of our time, not let our younger kids dominate to the point that we ignore the needs of the middle kids, the middle age kids, those, you know, elementary and um, tweens. And so uh, we spent time with date nights, too. Okay, I'm going to move into the middle years and up and hopefully move a little bit faster than I did in the early years since I'm supposed to be having a New Year's resolution to keep the podcast to 30 to 35 minutes each. Um, But there is a lot of carryover here. The next thing is to continue the Malachi time that I described earlier. With this, though... um, As you spend time putting your kids to bed and so forth, something can emerge that I want to warn you about, not not to be a Debbie Downer here, but or a Donna Downer in my case. Excuse me. Uh, We've had really bad colds here. Um, But to be careful of the squeakiest wheels. We have a tendency to apply oil to the squeakiest wheels in physical world as well as in our homes. And so just be careful that... You know, a child in Malachi time or any time, though, this is just a good place to bring this up, that one child isn't constantly dominating everything, constantly being so needy that other children get neglected in that process. I can remember my husband and I just looking at each other saying, wow, this kid is taking a lot of time. And then we said, but look at this kid. She never needs anything. That's not good. You know, and so we needed to be sure that we weren't just spending all of our oil using all of our oil on that squeakiest wheel. Next is dinner time. And um, this kind of goes with number four, family meetings, living room time. I'm going to bunch, group all of this together. And that is that, um, you know, there are all kinds of statistics and there's all kinds of research out there about families who eat dinner together and so forth. But I just want to encourage you to make a measurable benchmark of time together as a family, whether it's dinner time, whether it's family meetings, whether it's what we always enjoyed, living room time, where we came to the living room and just talked together for, you know, 30 to 120 minutes a night (laughs) um, with our teens. And um, just make a benchmark that is able to be put on the refrigerator and checked off, that is completely 100% measurable, um, that you can actually make happen. Um, So three or four evenings that you'll all eat dinner together, three or four evenings that you'll have family meetings together, three or four evenings that you'll have living room time. Just for us, we had this three or four evening at home together rule where um, once you were 
if you were 16 and down or 17 and down, uh, once our kids were in their senior year of high school and they were doing college and so forth, um, you know, they were had they had a lot of other things outside the house. But <clears throat> we had seven kids, so each child got to be in one thing. And uh, that l- helped us meet our benchmark of three or four evenings a week together at home. Next is talks. My husband and I uh, started these together many years ago, and then we started doing them with the kids too. Um, just, you know, hey, it's half an hour before dinner, and I'm all done with dinner preps. Do you want to take a talk or whatever? And... <clears throat> they knew that that was much more than a walk. We never called it a walk. We always called it a talk because it was talking and walking. Um, also, during this time period, we began uh, what we called our half-birthday dates. And we did this with our three oldest kids, primarily. Um, we did it a little bit with our next two, but we really didn't need to after a period of time because dates with our kids one-on-one just became such a part of our lives that we didn't have to have half birthdays. But what we did was when the older kids were getting to be, you know, elementary age, we would set, we would start, we started celebrating their half birthdays by going out with mom and dad, just the three of us out for dinner or out for the evening. And, um, we did that just to make a specific time so that we'd be with one child. But then we just, like I said, didn't need to do it after a, a period of time because we just, that's the way we parented, and that's the way we began parenting more and more so that it was just a part of our lives. But half birthdays are really good times to focus on that child. You know, we have birthdays. It seems like they're, you know, they're grandparents, and they're, maybe you have kids in for a birthday party, or maybe you have a family party, or, or maybe you go out or as a family or whatever. Um, but then half birthdays, we just use that for one-on-one time. Next is Bible Talks and... Um, with the Bible talks, this was just a time when uh, my husband with the boys, uh, we looking back through the years, we've done different things with different kids all the time based on their interest and their needs and their um, hobbies. And, and just, I mean, whether it was basketball in the driveway or whether it was um, you know, going to Citizens Academy at the p- police department for a semester every Wednesday night, whatever it was, you know, it was based on that child. But with Bible talks, we just took, he just took the three little boys and he would just take a verse out of the Bible and he would just read it and then they would just talk and they just talked. And I think that we like to share this when we're speaking at homeschool conventions, especially because we can get so caught up with, you know, we have to have this Bible program. We have to do this much learning in the Bible. We have to do these, this many verses. Um, you know, we have to have you know, they have to write things out. They have to do this and that. And I think Bible Talks just really lets us say, you know what? I'm going to talk to my kids about what the verse means. Prefer one another. Prefer others before yourself. What does that verse mean? It's like seven words. You know, I'm not going to have a study. I'm not going to use the Greek. I'm not going to use a um, concordance. We're just going to talk. And I think that that this is really good for dads who don't feel like, they know how to study the Bible that well, or maybe they don't feel like they know how to teach the Bible to their children, that it doesn't have to be the, that hard and that long and that difficult and that involved. Um, because otherwise, especially for dads who feel like they're less qualified maybe than a mom who's home all day teaching, and has, I mean, let's face it, we learn by doing. And so as we homeschool, we become better and better at what we do. And our husbands often don't have a chance to become better teachers 
that quickly because they're not teaching as much. And so Bible Talks just really lets that happen in a non-threatening way. More about the drive time, um, and I have more about that, um, well, in driving practice for teens. But with the drive time, <clears throat> the whole, you know, whoever's got their shoes on concept. With the drive time, um, our kids knew that we were always going to ask questions. And I think that an important aspect of asking questions is starting it very young. Now, if you have older kids and you want to start asking questions, definitely start asking questions. Or if you're not already, please do that. But if you have younger kids, if you raise them having been asked questions, they won't be suspicious. It's not like you're getting in the car with a teenager and all of a sudden you're saying, so, who was there? What happened? It's not, it's not like that. When you start out when they're little and you ask them everything about their lives, when they get in the car as teenagers, they would be disappointed if you didn't ask. And so um, make drive time really count with those questions. Uh, my kids, I have a, a little line that I use with my kids, um, and I have used it forever. I can't even remember when I started it. But it was like they would get in the car, they get home from someplace, and I'd say, okay, tell me everything. You know, kind of like a girlfriend who can't wait to hear what her girlfriend's going to say about her date or whatever. Um but it was it was it was lighthearted like that. It wasn't like it was it was lighthearted like I just described. But the two friends, it wasn't like an interrogation, and um, or I would say, so tell me about your day. Start at the beginning, you know. Or I would say, so tell me what happened tonight. Details, you know. And these are just phrases and things that I would use with the kids, and they knew that I really cared about what went on with them and what was happening. The next one is just a really sweet. Um, memory for me uh, that I hope you can translate into something that will help you. Uh, we used to have this saying with our kids, in addition to those phrases that I just gave, we would say, a penny for your thoughts, penny for your thoughts. And that meant that we wanted them to tell us, you know, what they were thinking about. And so my oldest, who's 33 now, he, um, and he's incredibly sweet with his wife, and I think it all started because he was incredibly sweet as a child, too. But... <clears throat> um, he instead of just penny for your thoughts, he would say, penny for your thoughts, nickel for a hug, and a dime if you tell me you love me. That's the rest of that phrase. And a lot of times we don't know, you know, the rest, you know. But the whole thing says, a penny for your thoughts, a nickel for a hug, and a dime if you tell me that you love me. And so we would just say that back and forth to each other. And, you know, then we would, you know, say what we're thinking uh, with that. And then we started taking 16 cents, a dime, a nickel, and a penny. And we started giving 16 cents to each other, just randomly. Um, I would wake up in the morning, he'd go to work, he was, he, as a teenager, he uh, worked a couple days a week, and he would leave before I got up. <laughs> Most things happened before I got up, I wasn't an early riser. <clears throat> Still, I'm not an early riser. Um, anyway, I would find on my desk, when I got up, 16 cents just sitting there, and I would know, you know. A dime, a nickel, and a penny. You know, it's not just random change. This was from Joshua. And he would get to work different times, and he'd open his lunchbox, and he would have 16 cents, a nickel, a dime, and a penny taped inside of his lunchbox. And he knew that that meant, you know, when you get home, mom's going to be waiting for you, and she's going to be ready to hear your thoughts and with a hug and an I love you. So that was just something that we used. But you know how you see on Facebook all the time in different places, everybody tells their kids, I love you to the moon and back. I mean, that's like the thing that everybody uses. I mean, even parents who whom you're like, wow, I didn't know they were that into parenting or whatever. Um, but they still use that phrase. And it's because that popular children's book 
you know, and at the end, the uh, character says, I love you to the moon and back. And so, like, that's the ultimate expression of love. And that that is like a little object lesson or a little object that brings a lot of closeness and bonding to families. And this is what this 16 cents has done for me and Joshua. But I just encourage you to find things, to find anything. We have little phrases that we say, like, um, from, from movie lines or from audios. Like, I'll say... Kara, 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 your name is Kara, you know, and, and, and we'll just laugh because we know where that came from. Um, I can't even remember where it came from. <laughs> it's so funny. It was Odyssey, Adventures in Odyssey. Anyway, or, you know, we'll just have, we'll just have movie lines and, and, and little things that bond our family together. And so, um, anything that lets your kids know, you know, I want to be with you. I want to talk with you. I want to spend time with you. Uh, next is my day. And, uh, down at the bottom of the handout, I have, my day notes from a, another blog post that I wrote. Um, <clears throat> but my day was not just for time together. It was for all of these things that I listed there at the bottom. But I want to talk about it specifically here as it uh, applies to spending time with your kids. Um, that every child had a day. And on that day, they had special, they had extra priv- extra uh, uh responsibilities and they also had extra privileges and one of those was more time with mom and so they would get to sit closest they would get to sit in the front seat when we went someplace that was kind of a that kind of backfired on me a little bit just as a little side note simply because we seldom went anywhere on Mondays Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, for a a period of about four or five years when I was really intense with you know I had maybe six kids like um or five kids. I don't even know, but I didn't, I didn't leave them a lot yet. And so, you know, we stayed home and, and schooled and learned and worked and spent time together every day. And then on Thursdays, we would go out for our errands and Bible club and stuff like that. Good news club. But, uh, that kind of backfired on me because everybody would be like, well, only the person who has Thursdays gets to sit close, gets to sit in the front seat. So anyway, just as a little side note there, but it also meant more time with mom. And, you know, my kids never complained that they had extra responsibilities. They were the sous chef or whatever for dinner that night. It didn't matter to them because they knew that all the privileges were there. And they also knew that this day was about them. It was about me being with them and about me investing in them. Um, So that is another way you can get more time with your kids. Uh, Drive time to activities. Uh, I talked about that. Um, Consistent and frequent traditions. We have a tendency to think of traditions as being these big things, you know, like I just did a whole series of uh, at the blog about things that I do, we do with our teens and adult kids at Christmas time. And we have a tendency to think of those as being big things. But uh, I just encourage you to do consistent and frequent traditions, whether that is, you know, Friday pizza night or whether that is popcorn and apples and cheese and a movie on Sunday nights. Just things that are more consistent, that are not just, you know, yearly traditions or or maybe, you know, a certain day of the month. You know, we always have, you know, Fabulous Friday or Freaky Friday or whatever, where this is what our family does on that day. And, And that way you'll train your children when they're younger to make their calendar around the home as opposed to, you know, the other way around. You know, my kids will come up and say, you know, well, uh, so-and-so wants me to do something this weekend, but I thought that we were going to, you know, do our regular Saturday afternoon family day. Is that true? You know, and, and it's, and it becomes a part of them and they see how much time you're spending and how you're setting aside time. Just before I move into the teens and young adults, I want to talk for a second about, 
your availability. I talk about this at the blog. The, the most powerful weapon we have as parents is our availability. The most powerful method for getting into our kids' hearts is our availability. And I had no idea when I, we first started teaching this and living this with our kids, you know, dozen, a dozen or more years ago, um, when we first started having teenagers and so forth, how important that would be. And then now, even they're adults, the availability that we need to spend with our kids. Um, the other day, my daughter had gotten a gift card to someplace that uh, she doesn't really like that well, but I really, really like it. And <clears throat> so I told her, I said, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to buy that gift card because, you know, she's she and her husband just got married and they're on a tight budget. I said, I'll be happy to buy that gift card from you if you want some cash instead, you know, because that's a place that I want to go. And she said, no, you know, you said that you and dad would want to go with us if we used that gift card. So I think we'll just keep it and we'll then that way we can go out with you guys. And and it was just it just struck me again. You know, she had the opportunity to get cash and. She wants to keep the gift card because I indicated that maybe the four of us would go and Dad and I would pay for ours and they'd have their gift card for theirs. And it just struck me that whole concept of availability that, you know, she would rather have that time with us. She would rather schedule a date night for the four of us than have that cash. And it wasn't a lot of cash, but still, it just, it just hit me again, the whole availability thing and how it goes on into adulthood and into even our married couples. Okay, I'd like to move into just a general discussion of the passage in Deuteronomy 5. The passage I'm referring to is the one that says, teach these things to your children when you rise up, when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down. And the the beauty of this verse, I mean, there are so many cool things about it, um, actually, one of the things is the contrast, because it is in the midst of all kinds of rules in the Pentateuch. You know, obviously there, you know, there are rules about what to, what clothing, what fabric types to wear together, and you know, all kinds of rules about what to eat and drink and and so forth in all of Deuteronomy and Leviticus and Numbers. And then we have this, which seems like another thing to do. You know, teach these things to your children, do it these times. But the beauty of it is that all of those things are very, um, I guess you could say legalistic, but they're very rule-based, as the Old Testament is before Christ, you know, came and, and we don't have to worry about our fabrics, um, you know, wearing mixed fabrics and so on and so forth. But this passage is relational. And, you know, while we're told to do this, this, and this in a, in a you know, very systematic, very, um, uh, um, you know, narrow way, we are told instead to teach our children everything that we know during these four times of the day. And so the relational aspect of it is just amazing to me. And then, of course, it's just the whole idea of all the time, just that constant training going on. I can remember I used to tell, used to call it to my husband, we would talk about, it. I would say, you know, it's interval training, you know, where, where you do a little bit of training and then you recuperate and then you do a little more, you know, when you're talking about physical workouts and I, I always likened or not always, but, uh, enjoyed likening it to interval training that that is the type of training that we were having in our home. We were having interval training with our children, but the beauty of this uh, verse is all of those times 
And of course, all of those times are a part of the many ways that I've just described in this podcast episode of how to spend more time with your kids. Um, but also just emphasizing the sit when you sit in your house. Um, many years ago, we had, uh, 25 years ago, went to Greg Harris's workshops, the Christian homeschool workshop and the advanced Christian homeschool workshop. And he talked about attaching things that are important to you are important to your family, to things that are already in your schedule. And you've probably heard me talk about this if you've ever heard of Speak at all or read uh, anything we've written, how we came home 25 years ago and we started just attaching everything to something that was already in the schedule. We had a lot of small children, so we already had, you know, uh, and we had already been taught how to discipline and how to uh, raise preschoolers and toddlers um, somewhat before him and then more so even through his teaching. And so we already had these things in place, you know, rising, naps, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, going to bed at night. And we had those things in place. Actually, they were in place in such a way that we could do a lot of training um, through those times. But we just started attaching everything to those times, just attaching, 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 until I like to say that our attachments were attached to our attachments until our whole day became one big attachment. But with that, you know, we were able to add all types of things, whether it was Bible reading at the breakfast table or um, a discussion at the dinner table, family worship after dinner in the evenings, or story time right after lunch cleanup. And we just were able to add all of these things into our schedule. And we did them one at a time, many times. Sometimes we didn't, but, um, but we added them to things that were already there so they would stick better. And that became a part of it. So it wasn't just like a 20-minute lunch. It was a 60-minute lunch, 20 minutes of lunch and 40 minutes of uh, reading together or whatever. And so um, that just really gave us a good handle on putting things into our daily schedule with our children, that those things that were important. And with that, we have that rising up. We have that going to bed. We have that walking, you know, or driving nowadays. Um, but it's the sitting in your house that I feel like is really lacking in a lot of homes. And it is obviously because of technology, and technology in itself is not evil, but technology has replaced sitting in our house together. And that's why we, uh, you know, when we raised our kids, we didn't have everything that we have now available to us. So we weren't distracted so much. I wasn't distracted during the day, I was busy and. Um, you know, my greatest distraction was 30 minutes with homeschool catalogs after, uh, naps before people started getting up. And so, um, but now we have all these distractions. So we have to really work on this Deuteronomy five, even more to get that sitting in your house. So, um, I recommend that you do a few things to try to get this sitting in your house so that you just sit and talk so that nothing's going on. You're just really hearing what your kids are saying and you're just teaching all the time. I think that we have a tendency to underestimate the amount of teaching that goes on when we just allow time. And I can remember one time um, our sons, our little boys, they were like 16, 14, and 11. And one evening at the end of the evening... Our, the 14-year-old, the middle of the littles, uh, said, tonight was one of the best nights ever. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I just love everything we did tonight. And I said, um, we fixed dinner together, and we cleaned it up, and we read, and then we sat in the living room and talked, and then we played a quick game, and then we sat back down in the living room and talked some more, and he said, yeah. Yeah, that's the best thing. That's this is the best night ever. 
And I realized that he was talking about the fact that we were sitting, the fact that we were being. He said, I like it that we didn't do anything. I like it that we were just together all night. I like these nights. I like it that we do this. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. And some of the ways that you can try to do that is to, you know, have, you know, where we're going to say, okay, two nights a week from six to seven. It's going to be family time, no technology. You know, we're just going to sit around the table and crack open nuts or slice apples or, or whatever it might be and just sit there and not have technology, but just talk. Maybe use, um, we have this uh, Kids Faves Worksheets. And you could bring those out and ask questions of each other and fill them in to get things started. Also, um, many Goodwills have this old game called the Ungame. And it, it, it you pull out cards and they're discussion starters, really good discussion starters for Christians. And, you know, you don't have to play the game. You can just use the cards, um, you know, to discuss things. And then there uh, are, you know, t- whether you're sitting in the living room or you're sitting at the dining room table, if that is too difficult, you can say, you know, every Friday at, at 8 o'clock, you know, or every Thursday at 8 o'clock, we're all going to McDonald's and having ice cream and sitting in the booth for an hour. You know, someplace where technology won't be quite as distracting. I know most people have portable technology, but if you, you know, call it a techno-free zone, attach food to it, that always helps. Um, you know, that can be helpful also. But then you can do things like going to the park you know, make it to where, you know, we're, we're going to hike every, we're going to walk around the park every Saturday morning at eight or, or whatever. Again, those uh, consistent and more frequent routines and uh, traditions. Um, also, a lot of people I know like to sit around a fire or sit on patios or decks. I think those are really, really great times for just uh, sitting in your house. Uh, when we talk about hanging out with our kids, uh, I just cannot emphasize enough the importance of availability for parents. You know, a lot of times we say we want more time with our kids and we say they're so busy, they don't have time to sit down, they don't want to be with us or whatever. But are we really clearing our schedule? Are we really saying, I'm not going to run around, I'm not going to go shop, I'm not going to go out with friends, I'm not going to do this or that, I'm going to be available to my kids. And I think that we can easily just dismiss it with they don't want to or they don't have time anyway. When in reality, if we offered them ourselves more frequently, more readily, more willingly, more often, I frequently does mean often, with more availability, I think we would be surprised uh, what would happen for the hanging out. So um, just encourage that. We do a lot of things with food. We have uh, three little boys who are 23, 20, and 17, and um, the 23-year-old is now married. Uh, has been for a year, but they just moved back to the area. But we do a lot with all of our kids, with all of our grown kids around food, where we'll have everybody come and bring an appetizer. We'll have an appetizer party. Or my daughter, one of my daughters is a really good cook, and she loves to entertain because she's single, and she's been in college a lot, so she hasn't always had kitchens and stuff. So she loves to cook and entertain, so she'll make a, a big fondue meal for us. Um, we've done where we did a flat top, grill type thing where we had had electric skillets all over the table and uh, griddles and stuff and we had different things prepared and we sat there and cooked and talked and um, uh, where we um, will bring in certain things like you know order pizza or something like that 
Sometimes where we just say, you know what, let's just meet up at Fazoli's tonight. Who's available to meet up at Fazoli's tonight? You know, bring your gift cards. You know, we, it doesn't have to be expensive for mom and dad. Um, you know, we kind of just emphasize that, you know, bring your gift cards. Let's, let's meet up to eat. And just sit there for an hour or two, you know, and just really talk and just enjoy one another's company. Uh, vacations and staycations, just the getting away is definitely, those are good times to talk, but also staying at home. If you plan things together the whole weekend, plan a, you know, plan a staycation where, you know what, this, let's all set a weekend. Let's find a weekend that we can be together from Friday, you know, at six in the evening until Saturday at bedtime and just plan activities and things. You know, there are so many things you can do taking hikes and walks and, um, going to movie theaters and uh, having a movie marathon at home and, and different things. That takes me to the last point on this, and that is watching and listening. We do a lot of watching. Um, we didn't have television for 20 years, but we have Netflix now and Hulu, and we have a, an actual TV. Uh, it's not big and it's not loud, but we do have one. Um, and we watch things together, and we have always, through the years, listened to audios. And you, I have a lot of information about audios on the blog. I can't say enough about audios, what they do for a child's attention span, as well as uh, comprehension, learning, learning comprehension, listening comprehension, um, building background experience, binding families together. I just can't say enough about them. But I do want you to be careful, and I know we have to be careful, that watching something and videos and things like that, that those things do not take the place of being with our kids. And also that every time we do something, it's not, you know, where we're going and doing and running and going to the movies and, and stuff like that. That, that it, There are just downtimes, too. Um, you know, if your kids aren't used to doing a lot of things as a family, you might have to start out with, a, you know, more thrills. But I'd be careful about letting that get out of hand to the point where nobody wants to do anything but those things. All right, I'd like to close with just this little blip about availability. Um, I, before I do that, I do have some notes here about how to set up my day with your child and also some links at the bottom. Um, and I hope that you will tune in to future podcast episodes as well as come to the blog and, and learn and learn about some things um, that we've blogged about. Many of these things are available in blog format too. But availability is your secret weapon. Make yourself available. Change your schedule. Drop the busyness. Add the heart-focused parenting that is needed to raise tweens and teens well. Thank you for joining me. This has been Donna Reish with Raising Kids with Character and um, Character Inc. Press, bringing you another Wondering Wednesday podcast episode. Be sure to send me your questions. Thanks for joining us.